as we continue with the series of Acts of Yeshua's emissaries, the Shalakim, the sent ones, chapter 20. We'll beginning in verse number one. Acts chapter 20, verse one. We're going a little bit deeper this time. As the Lord is revealing his truth. Verse one. After the fervor died down, what was the fervor? Is that prior in the last chapter, there was a great riot that broke out because of the proclamation of the good news. And so in verse one, it says, after the fervor died down, Shaul, who is Paul, sent for his Talmudim, and he encouraged them. See, you know what the business of the Father for us to be doing right now? is to be encouraging one another with God's word, encouraging one another and strengthening one another. He encouraged them. Then he took his leave and sent out his way to Macedonia. As you look on your maps, you can find where Macedonia is in the area here, present day Greece. As we go forward here, he went through that area, and after saying much to encourage them, he passed on then to Greece, where he spent three months. As he was preparing to set sail for Syria, he discovered a plot against him by unbelieving Jews, so he changed his mind, and he decided to return by the way of Macedonia. So he went back. He was going to go one direction, but then he heard about this plot. But you know what? As he was being buffeted about by those of his own kinsmen who did not receive Messiah, we need to have the mind of Rav Shaul, the Apostle Paul, as we have faced in our family members who do not know the Messiah. They come against us, and they cause trouble, service in our lives. But what was Paul's heart on this matter? I think he expressed his heart and what God's word says in the book of Romans. So I ask you now to turn the book of Ro to the book of Romans, chapter 10. So we'll understand both the heart of the apostle Paul, because there are some scriptures where people have taken them out of context, what Paul has said, Rav Shaul has said, and they, they believe that they, he rejected his own people. Then he went off and he started a whole brand new religion. And that's not the case. Let us hear now Rav Shaul's words, his own words, as recorded by the Ruach HaKodesh in a letter that, that Paul expressed his heart towards his own unbelieving Jewish people. Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Brothers, and who's he addressing here? Both Jews and Gentiles, one in Messiah in the Messianic community in Rome. Brothers, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for Israel is for their salvation. See, he was not taking these attacks personal, these, pro these plots. Remember this, he'd been taken out and literally stoned. They thought that he had stoned, been stoned to death. And he arose out from the pile of the stones that they threw at him. He was whipped. He was beaten. He was flogged. He went through all these attacks from his unbelieving family of the house of Israel. But what is his heart's desire here? Is for them to come to know Messiah and for them to receive salvation. Brothers, my, my heart's desire, deepest desire, my prayer to God to the God of Israel, is for their salvation. For I can testify of their zeal for God. How could he testify that? Because he was once there. He was once himself an unbelieving Jew who did not believe that Yeshua was the Messiah. So he could understand the, the thoughts, the debates that were going on in their minds and hearts. He personally identified. He was once there. 
so he could understand why they were persecuting him. Going forward here, for I can testify uh, to their zeal for God, but it is not based on correct understanding. How did he know this? Because at the very beginning, when we first met the Apostle Paul, Rav Shaul, in the book of Acts, what was he doing? He was about persecuting and arresting those followers of the way. And what, who were the followers of the way? Those Jewish people that believe that Yeshua is the way, the only way, to the Father. For he has said in Scripture that Yeshua is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through Yeshua himself. Let's go forward here. But it is not based on correct understanding. Just like he did not have full understanding until Messiah Yeshua revealed him to him on the way to, to, to Damascus. And why was he going to Damascus? Because he received letters from the high priest in Jerusalem. Permission to go outside the land of Israel to arrest anyone who was a follower of the way. Who was a follower of Yeshua. So let's go back to the scripture here. For since they are unaware of God's way of making people righteous, and then instead seek to set up their own, they have not submitted, submitted themselves to God's way of making people righteous. Notice the word, the word there is the way. And who is the way? Literally Yeshua himself. Let's go forward here. Verse 4. For the goal at which the Torah aims is what? The Messiah. It's not your own selfish self-righteousness. I've arrived. I've obeyed all these mitzvah. And so now I can be proclaimed righteous. No. Torah, I must read this again. Verse 4. For the goal at which Torah aims is the Messiah. It's always been about Messiah. We cannot fulfill Torah unless God has chained us. We have become born-again believers. And we fulfill Torah by following Yeshua's example and acknowledging him as our Messiah. I know there are a lot of people out there that are they're into all this Jewish roots. And you've gone to the point where you have established Torah in your hearts above your Messiah. The Apostle Paul is speaking to you clearly right now. The aim is not fulfilling Torah. The aim is pointing to Messiah. It's not by your righteousness. It's only through God's grace and mercy. By Yeshua's blood. That's the sacrifice that we're to look forward to. All the other sacrifices, the animal sacrifices, and you may be saying, Rabbi Frank, why are you even talking about this today? One day soon in the near future, there will be a third temple. And there will be morning and evening sacrifices. God says this in his word. This is going to be established. The Levitical priesthood will be reenacted again. It's going to happen. And unbelieving Jewish people are going to believe because the morning and evening sacrifice has been reestablished when the third temple has been built. They will believe that that's enough. They don't need to receive the Messiah. Receive the, the gift that Yeshua did by dying upon the cross. That execution stake. That all those sacrifices that they'll be doing will be pointing towards him. But they will not see that until the anti-Messiah comes and he enters in with them a covenant which will last for three and a half years and allow them to build that third temple. We, as a bride of Messiah, will be out of here. And then God will be dealing with the nation of Israel one-on-one. -on -one. 
And he's going to allow them to go and enter into covenant with this anti-Messiah, the Antichrist. And he will allow them to rebuild the temple. And the morning and evening sacrifice will then begin. And then after three and a half years, he will then say that they are to worship him as God. And Yeshua declared to them in Matthew chapter 24, they are to flee from the city. Don't go up. If you're up on the roof, don't go down and seize your coat. Don't go and gather your goods, but simply free, flee from that city. And when will Yeshua come back? I'm not speaking about the rapture. That's the appearing when he comes down to get his bride. But when will he come back? He will not come back until the Jewish people, the holy remnant, cry out those words, Baruch Hababa, B'Shem Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Then he, he will come and he will land upon the earth. Let's now get back to the scripture here. Verse 4, for the goal at which the Torah aims is Messiah, who offers righteousness to everyone who trusts. Do you hear that? To both Jews and Gentiles. Everyone who puts their trust in what? Fulfilling the law? Doing these mitzvot? No, but putting your trust that Yeshua has fulfilled God's Torah. It was upon him when he was upon that tree that all God's wrath against our sin was poured out on him. And it's by his precious blood we were bought as priceless and our sins are forgiven. Let's go forward here. For the goal at which Torah aims is the Messiah who offers righteousness to everyone who trusts, who believes, who puts their faith in what Torah? No, in Yeshua. For Moshe, Moses writes about righteousness grounded in Torah, that the person who does these things will attain life through them. Moreover, the righteousness grounded in trust and says, do not say in your heart who shall ascend to heaven. That is to bring Messiah down. That is a direct quote from God's Tanakh. Or who will descend into Sheol? That is to bring Messiah up from the dead. Or what then does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth. It is in your heart. What is that a direct quotation from Deuteronomy chapter 30 verses 11 through 14? Going on. That is the word about trust, which we proclaim, namely, that if any one of you acknowledge publicly with your mouth, there's that Roman road, remember? The way to salvation. Going forward here, verse 9. That if you acknowledge publicly with your mouth that Yeshua is Lord and you trust in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be what? You'll be delivered. Delivered from your sins. Saved from your sins. Going forward. Verse 10. For with the heart one goes on trusting or believing. And thus continues towards what? Towards righteousness in Messiah. While with the mouth one keeps on making public acknowledgement. And thus continues towards what? God's deliverance. God's salvation. Verse 11. For the passage quoted says that everyone who rests his trust upon him. See, it's not our works. It's not these mitzvot. It's by the works of, that Yeshua has accomplished. Verse 11 again. For the passage quoted says that everyone who rests his trust on him, who's the him? But Yeshua will not be what? Humiliated. Because our trust is true. Because Yeshua has accomplished all what the Father has asked him to do. And there is no other way to have and obtain the salvation of God other than by simply trusting by God's enabling grace the works that Yeshua has done. That allows us to enter into his rest. Continuing here, 
verse 12. That means that there's no difference between Jew or Gentile. Do you hear that? If you simply put your trust in Messiah Yeshua and the works that he has done, that has been fully accomplished, when he was on the tree, he said these words, it is now finished. Going forward here. Adonai is the same for everyone, rich toward everyone who calls upon him. What does God's word says? That anyone who calls upon the name of Adonai, the Lord, Elohim, shall be saved. Continuing here in verse 13. Since everyone who calls on the name of Adonai will be delivered or saved. That's a direct quotation from Joel chapter 3 and 5. Continuing here. Verse 14. But how can they call upon someone if they haven't trusted in him? And how can they trust in someone if they haven't heard about him? And how can they bear, hear about someone if no one is proclaiming him? What are we to be doing? Proclaiming and sharing Yeshua with others. And how can people proclaim him unless God sends them? God has sent us all. As the Tanakh puts it, how beautiful are the feet of those announcing good news about good things. See, right now the world is wondering what's going on. We have the good news. This is all part of God's a provision and plan these last days. We have, we have an answer. We have a hope. And what is our, our hope and answer? That you are to repent of your sins and be reconciled unto God, to do teshuva, fruits of repentance, and you can be reconciled unto God. For he has a provision and plan for your life. He loves you, and he wants to fill you with his spirit and empower and equip you so that you can keep your mind as you gain the, the mind of Messiah in these latter days. Continuing here, as the Tanakh puts it in verse 15, how beautiful are the feet of those announcing good news about good things. Verse 16, the problem is that they, who are the they? The unbelievers, both Jews and Gentiles. Paul here is speaking expressively to his unbelieving Jewish family who do not believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. The problem is that they have, haven't all paid attention to the good news and obeyed it. For as Yeshiahu, Isaiah says, this is a direct quote from Isaiah 5, 7, 52, 7. Adonai, who has trusted what he has heard from us. So trust comes from what is heard, and what it heard comes through the word proclaimed about the Messiah. See, it's all about Messiah. It's not about your building program or this specific doctrine or this dream or revelation you just received. It's all about Messiah and his kingdom. And if, does, if it does not direct us and point us to Messiah, if your dreams, your visions, your prophecies, if they're not pointing you to God and his salvation, his kingdom, it's not of God. Let's go forward here. Verse 18. But I say, isn't it rather that they didn't hear? No, they did hear. So the Jewish people have heard. They've read the scripture. But there's a veil over their eyes. Their ears, they become deaf. And Rasha will, will explain that further as we go and hear his voice. Their voice has gone out throughout the whole world, and their words to the ends of the earth. What is that direct quotation from? From Psalm 19.5. Back to the scripture, verse 19. But I say, isn't it rather that Israel didn't understand? What does the scripture say? I will provoke you with, to jealousy over a non-nation. Who is that speaking of? The Gentile nations. Because God called, as we're celebrating here, Passover coming up, he established and birthed a brand new nation, the nation of Israel, who would be a light to what? To all the other nations. And so he says this, I will provoke you, Israel, 
to jealousy over a non-nation, a holy remnant of Gentiles who come to put their trust in Messiah Yeshua. Continuing here, over a nation void of understanding. Why are they void of understanding? Because they were not established on the Tanakh. I will make you angry. Who's doing this? This is the Lord making Israel angry and jealous. Why? Because they see the manifestation of the spirit of the living God being manifested in these Gentiles who come to a saving knowledge of who the true Messiah is. See, it will speak to their own heart. The very thing that I desire to know God, as Moshe did, and the other prophets. And here I see a people that, that don't even have the Tanakh, and they are, are now walking in the power and manifesting the gifts of the God Most High. This stirs up jealousy. See, this is God's plan. And Rav Shaul is revealing that to us. He is interwoving all these scriptures for us to have a good understanding. And he's warning to this Messianic congregation, which are both Jews and Gentiles, that one day will be more populated with Gentiles than Jews, that you are to remember this is God's plan and how God is going to use you to bring jealousy to the non-believing in Messiah Jewish people. But what has come in, anti-Semitism and replacement theology, and Rob Shaul is laying down the framework here. Don't go that route. Let's get back to the scripture here. I will provoke you to jealousy, Israel, over a non-nation, the Gentiles, a holy remnant, over a nation void of understanding, and I will make you angry. This is the Lord's doing this. Going forward here. Moreover, Yeshiahu. Isaiah boldly says, I was found by those who are not looking for me. That's like a rebuke. Continuing here. I became known to those who did not even ask for me. Going forward here. But to Israel, he says, all day long, I held out my hands. To a people who kept disobeying and contradicting. Can you imagine how frustrated Yeshua was when he was here on the earth and his own kinsmen could not even see for who he truly was? He loved them. Remember his words when he, when he wept over Jerusalem? I would like to gather you as a hen gathers her own chicks. Going forward here. Verse chapter 11, in that case, I say, this is Paul now speaking, isn't it that God has repudiated his people? He has not forsaken his people. He has not rejected his people in some translations say, heaven forbid. For I myself, now he gives his credentials here, am a son of Israel from the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin, of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not repudiated his people. He has not rejected his chosen people. Why? Because they are still to be a light to the nations. To learn by the example, going forward here. Whom he chose in advance. God chose Israel. God chose the descendants of Abraham to be kings and priests and a light to the nations. And we're about to celebrate that fulfillment as we go through and we proceed celebrating Passover. He called a nation of slaves in the land of Egypt, and he set them free. He showed them his ways. This was all established. God chose them not because they were mighty, because they're the least of all people groups, he chose them. Let's go forward here. Whom he chose in advance. Or don't you know what the Tanakh says about Eliyahu, Elijah? 
Remember, Elijah is going to be part of our Passover Seder. Isn't it amazing that every year we set a place for Eliyahu Elijah? Because he's a promise that, that God the Father is going to send before Messiah comes. And every Jewish home, there's a setting for Eliyahu. So he will turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the hearts of the children back to the fathers. God's redemption plan. And who did Yohanan, the immersive come in the power and the spirit of Eliyahu when Yeshua came the first time? Let's go forward in the scripture here. Eliyahu pleads with God against Israel. Adonai, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars, and I am the only one left. Now they want to kill me too. But what did God answer him? I have kept for myself 7,000 men who have not knelt down to Baal. How many people are now kneeling down to Baal? Some people pronounce it Baal today. Going forward, it's the same way in this present age. Now, this was written approximately nearly 2,000 years ago but it is still today in this present age. See, God's living word is for then, for now, and for the future, going forward here. So that it's the same in this present age. There's a remnant chosen by grace. Let's pause right here. We are a holy remnant, Jews and Gentiles, one in Messiah, Chosen by grace, by God's grace in his grace alone. Not work through works or fulfilling mitzvot, but by grace and grace alone that we are saved and redeemed. It's by God's grace when Yeshua returns and his own people recognize him as he's descending. But first they have to cry out to him because there's no hope for, him, for them. When the Anto Messiah reveals himself. And they cry out those words, Baruch Hababa, B'Shem Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It says that when, as he descends down, they will see him in the land. And they will see his hands and his feet that they are pierced. And they will mourn. They will repent. And that will be the day where Israel, as a nation, that holy remnant, shall be saved. Let's go forward here. Verse number five. It's in the same way in the present age that there's a remnant, remnant chosen by grace. Verse six. Now, if by grace, it's according, not based on legalistic works. How many Gentiles right now are become, falling into legalistic works? They're becoming so Torah observant that they're forgetting about their relationship with Yeshua as their Messiah. They have lost their first love. I speak to you clearly. It's now for you to return and rekindle your relationship with Messiah Yeshua. As I read earlier, the Tanakh points to him. He's the fulfillment. It's all about Yeshua. He's coming back for us. Let's go forward here. Verse 6. Now it is by grace. Now, if it is by grace, it is according not based on legalistic works. If it were, otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. Going forward, verse 7. What follows is that Israel has not attained the goal. What is the goal? Legalistic righteousness. No, the goal is knowing and embracing Messiah Yeshua and him alone. Continuing here, Israel has not obtained the goal for which she is striving. The ones chosen have not obtained it, but the rest have been made stone-like. In some translation, it says a blindness, a veil has come over their eyes. Just as the Tanakh says, God has given them a spirit of dullness, eyes that do not see, 
and ears who do not hear, right down to this present day. Going forward, and David says, let their dining table become for them a snare and a trap, a pitfall and punishment. Let their eyes be darkened so that they cannot see, and their backs bent continually. See, David had a revelation of who Messiah is. And when he was caught in his sin, what did he ask of Adonai? Do not take and remove your spirit, your ruach from me. Let's go forward here. Verse 11. In that case, I say, isn't it, I say, isn't it that they have stumbled with the result that they have permanently fallen away? Has God rejected them? Absolutely not. Heaven forbid. Quite the contrary. It is by means of their stumbling that the deliverance has come to the Gentiles in order to do what? To provoke them to jealousy. For them to come to the realization of this, I keep all these mitzvahs, I keep all these laws, but I still do not have the relationship I see with these people of another nation who know God, and I see the manifestation of God's power in his life in them, but I still don't have it. What am I missing? You're missing the Messiah, Yeshua, and having intimacy with him. Let's go forward here. Moreover, if their stumbling is bringing riches to the world, that is, if Israel's being placed temporarily in a condition, notice that this is only temporarily. It's not forever, this condition going here. Less favored than that of the Gentiles is bringing riches to the latter. How much greater riches will Israel in its fullness bring them? Think about that day when Israel cries out, Baruch HaBab, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And he descends, he lands on the Mount of Olives, and they see his hands and feet, feet pierced. And it says this, they mourn after him as if he's their only son. And they're cut through and they repent. We didn't realize, we didn't see for who you really are. And then God's salvation. He will give them a heart of supplication, a heart of repentance. And when they receive Messiah, how much more enriched the whole world's going to be for them to come to a saving full knowledge of Messiah Yeshua. See, this is God's redemption plan. This is why he's going to allow these unbelieving Jews to go through the great tribulation. This is all part of God's plan. But he's, Yeshua is going to come back and he's going to take his bride. Both Jews and Gentiles, one and Messiah, they will not be able to receive God's wrath. This is all God's plan. You search the scriptures yourself. Read them so that God can reveal his redemption plan for both his bride Jews and Gentiles, one and Messiah, who come to a saving knowledge, relationship with Messiah, and also the unbelieving Jews that he's going to allow to go through the great tribulation. But after three and a half years, he's going to show them mercy. When Hasatan, evil, cannot contain itself. When Hasatan, through the beast, reveals himself and call, asks for Israel, and he's going to stop the morning evening sacrifices, turn to them and say, I am now God, and you must worship me. And that is from where? In the very third temple. What does Hanukkah speak about? All this? Read the book of Daniel. For you to understand the book of Revelation, 1 Thessalonians 2nd and 1st and 2nd, and all these other books, if you do not have a great understanding, you cannot interpret the book of Revelation with first not understanding the book of Daniel. They're interwoven together. Let's go forward here. Blessed be the name of the Lord. How much greater riches will Israel in his fullness bring them? 
That's the latter part of verse 12. However, to those of you who are Gentiles. Now he says this, and he looks at them directly in the eye. I know this is a letter, but if he was there in person, he'd look them directly in the eye and say this to them. However, to those of you who are Gentiles. I say this, since I am myself an emissary, an ambassador, a shalakim, a sent one to the Gentile nations, I make known the importance of my work in the hope that somehow I may provoke some of my own people to what? To jealousy. Because you know what they were saying? These people from the Gentile nations, there was a power, the miracle, the manifestation of God's glory. These Gentiles were being transformed. They were no longer the same Gentiles. They were worshiping the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They were forsaking all their idols. God had changed their minds and hearts. And they began to have a love for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Going forward here. I may provoke some of my people to jealousy and save some of them. For if they're casting Yeshua aside, see, we have our own free will. For they're casting Yeshua aside means reconciliation for the world. What will be their accepting him be? It will be like life from the dead. The nation of Israel, when Yeshua returns and they receive him, they will then become the true light that God desired them to be to the nations. Going forward here. Verse 16. Now if challah offered as its first fruit is holy, so the whole loaf. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. But some of the branches were broken off. And you, he's speaking directly now to those who are Gentiles who've been grafted in to the olive tree, which is Israel. Going forward here. But if, verse 17, but if some of the branches were broken off and you, a wild olive, were grafted in among them, and have become equal shares in the rich root of the olive tree. So you've been grafted in, and now you have an, an inheritance. You are now spiritual Jews. You have become born again through the power and the equipping by the Ruach HaKodesh, by the blood of your eternal high priest, who is Yeshua, the king of the Jews. Going forward here. Then don't boast as if you were better than the branches. See, now he's warning them. Read in between the lines. Anti-Semitism is not allowed in those who are followers of Yeshua. And neither is replacement theology. The church has not taken the place of Israel. God's covenant promises shall be revealed, fulfilled to the nation of Israel. Let's go forward here. Verse 18, but don't, then don't boast as if you're better than the branches. However, if you do boast, remember that you are not supporting the root, that the root is supporting you. Going forward here. So you will say branches were broken off, so I might be grafted in. That's a prideful statement right there. Going forward here. True, but so what? Did you hear Paul's words? But so what? They were broken off because of their lack of trust. So he's warning them. It's potentially possible that you will break off, be, be cast aside because of your lack of trust. Let's go forward here. However, you keep your place only. He's warning them. There's conditions. Because of your trust, your faith. Faith in what? Judaism? No. Faith and trust in Messiah and his accomplished work that he's done in establishing God's way, salvation. So for both Jews and Gentiles, it's all the same progression. There's one way, 
to the Father. It's through Yeshua, admitting that you're a sinner and accepting his death and his resurrection upon the execution stage, and that your life you now live is no longer your own, but it belongs to Messiah and belongs to Abba, Father God. So now he says these words. So don't be arrogant. On the contrary, be terrified. This is a warning. To hold your thoughts, your opinions, the words you say, to hold yourself accountable. He's saying this to them directly. For if God did not spare the natural branches, who are the natural branches? The nation of Israel. He will not certainly spare you. Are you listening? Are you applying this to your heart? Going forward here. So take a good look at God's kindness and his severity. See, he has both kindness, but he's going to hold us accountable. Otherwise, he would not be our loving Heavenly Father. Going forward here. On one hand, severity towards those who fell off. But on the other hand, kindness towards you. Going forward. Provided you maintain your soul, self in that kindness. Do you love the Jewish people who have not come to the saving knowledge of Messiah? And how do you treat them? Do you treat them with respect? And knowing that it's from their root, from their ancestry, that the Messiah came forth to redeem you? Let's go forward here. Provided you may maintain yourself in that kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. Now, who just said that word? A man who is an apostle, whose words that he spoke were written down for us for all eternity. Are we not to take this warning serious? Absolutely. I got to read that again. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. Going forward here. Verse 23. Moreover, the others, if you do not persist, excuse me, moreover, the others, if they do not persist in their lack of trust or faith, will be grafted in. Because God is able to graft them back. Who's he speaking to? The natural branches. The unbelieving Jews who do not know Messiah until the veil is removed from their eyes, until the deafness is removed from their ears, and they see Messiah for who he is, and they hear the word of God as never before. Going forward here, God is able to graft them back in. For if they were cut out of what is by natural a wild olive tree and grafted contrary to nature, into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these natural branches be grafted back into their own tree? See, God is, has us as part of his redemption plan. Going forward here. For brothers, I want you to understand this truth. Now he's saying, this is not just a simple teaching that you set aside so long. That's fine, Rob Shul. I'll just put that on the back burner. No, this is to be a focus in your life. If you're from the nations, you're to be that to provoke Israel who do not know the unbelieving Jews to salvation in Messiah. Going forward here. For, for brothers, I want you to understand this truth, which God formally concealed. See, this is God that's concealing it. It's not the fault of their own, but God chose to do it this way. And I ask you this, who are you to counsel God on what he does and how he does it? Is he not God? Is he not in control? Thank God we're not in control. We constantly mess things up. Let's go forward here. For brothers, I want you to understand this truth, which God formerly concealed, but now has revealed. So he's sharing with us a mystery. So that you won't imagine that you are more than, than you actually are or do. It is that stoniness to a degree has come upon Israel until the Gentile world enters into its fullness. Do you hear that? 
God has a certain amount of people from the nations that he has predetermined that will come to a saving knowledge of who Messiah Yeshua is. What does it say in the scripture? Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentile nations for a period of time. It's not just speaking about the city. It's speaking about because Jerusalem is a city of salvation. The place where God has, has his witness of himself. The representation of who he is going forward here. Until the Gentile world enters its fullness. And that it is in this way that all Israel will be saved. Do you hear that? All Israel, that holy remnant, shall be saved. That's a promise from God. Can we put our full trust in that? Will he accomplish it? Absolutely. Has he not fulfilled his word up to this point? Absolutely. Will all his prophecies come to truth? Absolutely. In his orchestration and his timing. Let's go forward here. As the Tanakh says, out of Zion, out of Zion will come the Redeemer. Where did Messiah come? Out of Zion. He will turn away ungodliness from Yaakov, and this will be my covenant with them. I will take away their sins. What is that recorded from? Isaiah chapter 59, 20 and 21 through 21 and 29, 27, 9. Going back to the scripture here. With the respect to God, the good news, they are hated for your sake. But with respect to being chosen, they are loved for the patriarch's sake. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For God's free gift and his calling are what? Irrevocable. Who says that? The spirit of the living God from God the Father's lip, lips through his son's lips. Now spoken through the apostle Paul. That God's redemption plan. Calling. His gifts to God's people is irrevocable. Can never be removed. Going forward here. Just as you yourselves were disobedient to God before you received mercy. So now he's saying, just as I once was an unbelieving Jew. And did not fully understand who Messiah is. And his ways. Now I ask you who now know Messiah. Understand his ways and walk according to his spirit. Let's hear that verse again. Just as you were, yourself were disobedient, your formal ways to God before, but have now received mercy now because of Israel's disobedience. So also Israel has been disobedient now, so that by your showing them the same mercy that God has shown you. See, we're to reciprocate that. We're to earnestly pray. We're to earnestly face passive, aggressive persecution at times to share the good news with God's chosen people who have veils over their eyes. Going forward here. Verse 31. So also Israel has been disobedient now so that by your showing them, he's now saying to those of the nations, you are now to show them the same mercy that God has shown you. Going forward, that they too may now receive God's mercy. And how will they see that mercy? How will they receive it? By you demonstrating, you from the nations, God's love and concern for them. It's amazing every year during the Feast of Sukkot Tabernacles, when people from all the nations, believers, come and Israel sees the nations who come to a saving knowledge of Messiah. They're praying for, interceding for the nation of Israel. It speaks to their hearts. You say, you know this, one day all the nations of the earth will turn against Israel. But there's one nation, a nation of a holy remnant from every tribe, from every tongue, from every people group. We're not 
part of the natural branches, the olive tree. And they will be a witness to the nation of Israel. So they will see the God's grace and mercy and love being lived out in their lives towards whom? God's chosen people who are unbelieving Jews who have not seen and embraced the Messiah. See, this is all God's plan. Hear from the Apostle Paul. Hear from the Spirit of the living God and apply it to your hearts. This is what God wants us to be focused on. Not COVID-19, not political stuff. This is what he wants us to be focused on, the kingdom. Let's go forward here. Verse 32, for God has shut up all mankind together in disobedience in order that he might show mercy to all. See, all of us have been disobedient. Our sinful carnal nature has separated us from the presence of the living God. Let's go forward here. Verse 33, O depths of riches and the wisdom and knowledge of God, how inscrutable are his judgments, how unsearchable are his ways, for whom has the mind of Adonai, who can even reason with him? His thoughts are far, far above our thoughts. Continuing here. Who has been his counselor? Or who has given him anything and made him pay back? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory and honor forever. Amen. Today's portion of the message is now complete. I encourage you to read and meditate on Romans chapter 10 and Romans chapter 11. So God can imprint this on your heart and mind and spirit. So that you will follow the instruction of this apostle, Rav Shaul. These are not my words. These are his words who he was filled with by the spirit of the living God. So if you question what you should be doing, this is God's plan. This is his template. And we shall be held accountable if we do not fulfill God's word in our lifetime while we breathe and exist on this earth. To his name be all praise and glory and honor. In Yeshua's name, amen.